Welcome to the Baseball Empress Podcast, a show for baseball fans by a baseball fan. I'm Stephanie, your host. Today, before we discuss baseball, I would like to start with a reminder that Black Lives Matter. And I want to tell you a story about a man named Elijah McLean. Elijah was a 23-year-old who lived in Aurora, Colorado, and was killed by police while walking home. He, of course, had done nothing wrong and didn't do anything to warrant being stopped by police. He was simply walking while black. Officers wrestled him to the ground, administered a hold that severely restricted his breathing. The first responders then injected him with ketamine, and Elijah had a heart attack and died after being declared brain dead. But I want you to listen to his last words, and these came from body cam video. These are his last words to the officers that were killing him. I can't breathe. I have my ID right here. My name is Elijah McLean. That's my house. I was just going home. I'm an introvert. I'm just different. That's all. I'm so sorry. I have no gun. I don't do that stuff. I don't do any fighting. Why are you attacking me? I don't even kill flies. I don't eat meat, but I don't judge people. I don't judge people that eat meat. Forgive me. All I was trying to do was become better. I will do it. I will do anything. Sacrifice my identity. I'll do it. You all are phenomenal. You are beautiful, and I love you. Try to forgive me. I'm a mood Gemini. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Ow, that really hurt. You are all very strong. Teamwork makes the dream work. Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to do that, as he vomited. I just can't breathe correctly. The police officers responsible for Elijah's death still have not been arrested. Now on to baseball. In this week's episode, baseball is finally back, you guys. Um, I'll briefly go over the rule changes and and headlines from summer training. Also want to discuss who was Satchel Paige. And we'll feature a segment about the Dominican Republic and their baseball culture as discussed by my daughter, Janae. Okay, so baseball is finally back. I know all of you are just as excited as as I am. Um, It's going to be a shortened 60-game season for 2020. Um, It'll be difficult because we still won't be able to go to the games in person, but at least we can watch them on TV. Um, Hope you don't hate your home team's announcers because that's what you're stuck with this year. Okay, so... As we previously discussed, there'll be a designated hitter in both leagues this year. Um, Games that go extra innings will start with a runner on second, so you may have been aware of that's something they've done in the minor leagues and stuff before, Um, and they're thinking about keeping that as a rule in the major leagues, so we'll see how that goes. Definitely makes sense in a shortened season, though. So pitchers must face a minimum of three batters as planned. Um, Yikes. (laughs) especially since, you know, this whole spring training, 
hiatus, summer training. Okay, let's play because summer training, you guys, doesn't include any actual like games against other teams like spring training does. So, yeah, again, yikes. Um, of course, there'll be a lot of COVID testing. Um, other rules related to um, COVID that are kind of interesting. Uh, spitting will be prohibited. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm a girl. I don't really do that. But, you know, for other women who do that and guys out there, you tell me how difficult of a habit is that to just stop cold turkey. Um, chewing gum will still be allowed. And instead of pitchers licking their fingers to wet the ball, they may now carry a small wet rag to use for moisture. Hmm. Games start July 23rd and July 24th. Exciting, exciting. Who was Satchel Paige? There's a story on MLB.com today about the time Phil Jackson, the NBA Hall of Fame coach, faced the great Satchel Paige of the Negro Leagues when Jackson played American Legion Baseball. The story is great timing because I'd already planned to talk about Satchel today, um, but that was just a great reminder. Satchel Paige might have been the best pitcher ever. He was definitely the biggest star in the Negro Leagues, and he pitched in about 100 games a year. He was a legendary storyteller and named his pitches. For example, one he called the Bat Dodger, another he called the Hesitation. His fastball was clocked at 105 miles per hour. But was what was most impressive about Satchel was his pinpoint control, which he carried with him throughout his entire career. Joe DiMaggio called him the best and fastest pitcher I've ever faced. Page also once opposed the St. Louis Cardinals ace Dizzy Dean in a series of exhibition games, winning four of them. And afterward, Dean noted, if Satch and I were pitching on the same team, we'd clinch the pennant by the 4th of July and go fishing until the World Series time. Satchel would put on quite a show on the mound. One of his favorite moves was to call in his outfielders and then single-handedly strike out the other side. According to Page, an even more famous stunt came during a Negro League World Series game in 1942 when he intentionally walked two batters so that he could face power hitter Josh Gibson with the bases loaded. We talked about Josh Gibson in the last episode. Greatest home run hitter ever. After taunting Gibson and warning him about where he intended to place each throw, Page struck him out on three pitches. We talked about that too. Satchel Page made it to MLB at the age of 42. That is if you believe that was his accurate age. Many believe he was older. Satchel claims that he wasn't really sure how old he was. But he was at least um, 42, year, 42 years old when he was a rookie for the Cleveland Indians. He went 6-1 and one with a 2.42 ERA after he was called up in July. And the Indians went on to win the World Series that year. He returned to baseball via the Kansas City Athletics at a record-breaking age of 59 to throw three shutout innings, and he was elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1971. I encourage you to Google Satchel Page. There's some great videos out there discussing his career and great stories. He was quite the character, but definitely one of the best pitchers, if not the best pitcher to ever play the game.
So now I want to share with you a discussion that I had with my daughter Janae about her experience visiting the Dominican Republic and learning about their culture and how baseball is really intertwined in their culture. It's interesting, especially if you've never been to the Dominican or only been there uh, to visit a resort. But as you know, there are many, many baseball players that come from the Dominican Republic, and it's a really unique setting there for baseball. So building a little bit on what Janae was talking about with the Dominican Republic and how baseball is really a part of their culture there, it is interesting because we do have so many Dominican baseball players in Major League Baseball and in the minor leagues. And, you know, in case you don't know, a lot of the Major League teams, I think maybe all of them, have um, basically camps down there that they use to help recruit players and the, the players go through um, some training camps and um, and some other instruction just on the culture here in the United States so the transition isn't as difficult for them. But I really would like today to talk about a little bit more about their culture. So those of you who don't know, understand, and I think it's similar in other Latin countries of just how ingrained baseball is in their culture and, and what it's like from a young age to participate in that and how it, it's really different than what we do here. Yeah, so I think as people from the United States, when we talk about, you know, baseball is America's pastime and stuff like that, we don't nowadays, we don't really get to experience that. But when you go to the Dominican, baseball really is their favorite pastime. Like you fly, like depending on where you fly in, um, I flew into Santo Domingo, which is the capital. And I mean, as soon as the plane is descending, like you see baseball fields all over. And I was, the first time I went, I was doing a study abroad uh, program through my college and I was there for six weeks. And the, the program was great. And it basically just gave us an inside look at MLB's operations in the Dominican Republic. So um, I'm going to try to condense six weeks of information into like three minutes. But basically, MLB has two offices. So they've got one main office in New York City and the other one is in Santo Domingo. So all international players, with the exception, I believe, of players who are from Puerto Rico, they all come to the Dominican. So it doesn't matter like if you're Italian or if you're Venezuelan or whatever, you're all coming to the Dominican to these facilities. Now, how you get there is a little bit complicated. Um, basically, what it would look like is, you know, kids would, you know, just be normal kids, you know, playing ball for fun, whatever. And then they get to a point where they're like, hey, like, I want to I wanna play organized ball, okay? So we've got, just like here, you've got your, rec your recreational leagues, you've got these leagues. Um, now, organized, I use that term kind of <laughs> loosely. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty structured and what would happen is as you got older maybe till about like 11 or 12 um you would maybe get like a a trainer if you will like not so much like a personal trainer but maybe like a 
like a personal coach or, you know, something like that to, to kind of help you hone your skills a little bit. Then when you get to, you know, maybe 13, 14 years old, um, scouts are going to start looking at you, but it's a little bit different than how scouts look at potential players here in the States. Usually, you know, you have to go through high school, play a couple years and then, you know, scouts will find you. Um, also the signing of players is different there. They they're able to sign for a lot of money fairly young. And I'm talking like millions of dollars at 16 years old, like that, that type of money versus here, people, people out of high school are not signing for that much. Um, they're usually what they usually do is, you know, they might get an offer their senior year of high school that you players will usually decline it. They'll go to college, play a few years, and then their junior year of college, they'll get a um, they'll get an offer, and that's usually when they accept. And then they go into the the minor league system, their team's minor league system, wherever they are in the Dominican. Usually they will sign with the team that then they will go to that facility. And it's pretty much like a, it's like a college like facility. It's not that big, but like there's just maybe a couple of buildings that have dorms and they basically wake up, eat breakfast, have like a morning workout that isn't sport related. So like they'll just, you know, lift weights or do whatever they're scheduled to do. Then they'll go out and they'll, you know, scrimmage or put get in batting practice or whatever they'll come inside they might have like some English lessons or, or something like that some downtime because if you know we the Dominican in the middle of the day nobody wants to do nothing <laughs> too hot too hot for that and then usually you know later on in the afternoon which is still hot uh they go out there and they and they play again so um it's just it was so cool to be down there and to witness these young kids playing the way that they did. And a lot of them, I mean, they didn't have, you know, they didn't have like these fancy gloves and batting gloves and, and, and elbow protectors and helmets and all that stuff. Like they would play with whatever they had. There were a couple kids who um, would come in from the neighborhood that, wouldn't even have a glove. They would cut open like a, a gallon of uh, empty gallon of milk, like those containers, mm -hmm. and they would cut it and use it like a glove. And that that was it. They would mm -hmm. be they would be balling with that. Um, it was also cool because uh, me and my me and my classmates, we you know we brought our gloves because you know we all played and we wanted to play, and uh, they were very curious about girls mm -hmm. playing ball they they had never seen that so when we're throwing them you know uh pitches that were hard and stuff like that they they felt some type of way and if we got a hit <laughs> off of them they they were excited and also a little embarrassed and it was just it was it was a great experience and they really had a a love of the game that you know I wish I could just kind of bottle that up and, and take it with me everywhere and, and show people. Um, and they also played uh, Batilla, which is like, a, it's like street baseball, if you will, but they use like these caps off the water jugs and they just basically use a stick. And it's, it's really fun to play, but baseball is just something that's, that's ingrained in the culture. And then, I mean, it's, it's part of their economy as well. Um, MLB, 
they, uh, I mean, they got a lot of money invested down there, you know, and, um, you know, once again, as we talked about earlier, they, there are definitely some things that they could do to improve the transition and to, to help, to help some of those players down there. But, um, you know, I, I personally love watching specific, I, I have a soft spot for the Dominicans, but, uh, watching the the young Dominican players come up um, and really just find their own footing and really get into a groove like I I enjoy watching them a lot they they're just some really talented talented young people coming out of there so shout out to them yeah and it's it's interesting that baseball has made the decision to make such a big investment there it'd be really nice if they could make something similar of an investment in some of our inner cities here in the United States mm-hmm. and invest in some of our our own youth here in this country in addition to what they're doing um, in the Dominican Republic. Thank you to Janae for her discussion on the Dominican Republic and baseball. Justice for Elijah McLean. See how you can help at Justice for Elijah McLean on Instagram. Let's be a part of the solution and not the problem. You can follow this show on Instagram at the Baseball Empress and at thebaseballempress.com and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Thanks for listening. And remember, this ain't your grandma's baseball podcast and it sure as hell ain't your grandpa's. <laughs>